I wish a worshiper would just lift up your voice for about 30 seconds. Any praisers in the house? Anybody excited about Jesus tonight? Why don't you just make a joyful noise unto the Lord? Go ahead and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. I praise you, God. I praise you, God. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, I am thrilled to be in church tonight and want to get right into the word of the Lord. And I'll direct your attention to the gospel of Matthew, chapter 2 and verse number 1. The gospel of Matthew, chapter 2 and verse number 1. Very familiar story. I'm not going to preach necessarily a familiar message, but this is a familiar passage. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophet, And thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah, Art not the least the princes of Judah? For out of them shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. And I'd like to preach from this thought tonight. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Could you put your Bibles down and lift up your hands and let's worship the Lord for a moment, shall we? God, we come before you humbly. Our hearts are lifted towards you. We have felt the unction of the Spirit already today, but we covet your touch yet another time. Minister to your people. Open our eyes. Open our hearts. Lift our faith. Minister to us, I pray, in the way that only your Spirit can do. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for worshiping and standing. You can be seated. The psalmist declared that the heavens declare the glory of God. And yet many people look to the heavens and never truly see God's glory. They see something glorious, but they don't recognize the full revelation of God's glory. The story of the wise men who journeyed from the east to see a king is an example of the heavens literally declaring the glory of God. And yet these three wise men from the east were the first to notice that something important was taking place. It's not a stretch to assume that these three wise men traveled at least 800 miles to see Jesus. We assume that there were three of them because they gave three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, although there could have been more. Regardless, they were the first to recognize that something was happening in the heavens. God was doing something special. They were not Jews. 
They were not who you would expect to be paying attention to the birth of a Jewish Messiah. But they saw his star, the Bible says, in the east, and they traveled to worship him. The star was there for everyone to see and for everyone to follow, but they saw it first. And when they asked King Herod about the star, he didn't even know when or where or how it had appeared. He didn't know anything about it because he was concerned with earthly things, with carnal things, but they saw it and they rejoiced. Carnal humans have always had a perception problem when it comes to God. Carnal human beings have always had a problem with vision when it comes to the things of God. We struggle to see what God is doing, why God is doing it, and where he is doing it. We look for God in the thunder, but he is not there. We look for God in the earthquake, but he is not there. And when he finally speaks, it's with a still, small voice. Like Samuel, we look for anointing in the older, stronger, better-looking brothers and barely even pay attention to David. Like Gideon, we think a big army will save us and give us victory. But God says, I would rather win with a faithful few than a mighty, unbelieving army. God spoke to Samuel when he was a small boy and he thought it was the prophet Eli. He could not recognize the voice of God. An angel appeared before Gideon and he hardly even blinked. God spoke to Job from a great storm and Job argued with God. The angel of the Lord rescued Peter from prison and he thought he was dreaming. And when Peter went to the prayer meeting where they were praying for him to be delivered, they didn't even believe it was Peter knocking at the door. Joseph had dreams that came directly from God. And when he shared his dreams with his brethren, they hated him for it because they could not recognize the handiwork of God. God warned Noah about a great flood and no one listened. But Noah, having never seen rain in his entire life, heard the voice of God, saw the handiwork of God and said, I've got a blueprint and I've got a hammer and I've got faith and I'm going to get busy doing what God is telling me to do. Elisha's servant couldn't see the angels of the Lord until the old prophet prayed for the Lord to open up his eyes. Repeatedly, the Bible reveals stories of human perception. We see, but we don't perceive. We hear, but we don't understand. Or we don't see because we aren't paying attention. We live with the constant struggle of trying to see with the eyes of faith, but being blinded by our carnal eyes of flesh. Hebrews eleven thirteen in the great hall of faith where, where Paul begins to describe all of the great men and women of old who had kept the faith in olden times. He said this at the conclusion of the story in verse 13. He said, after describing Noah and Abraham and many others, all these died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. 
and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth, but they were looking for a city that was not made with human hands. They, they were looking for streets that were not paved with human hands, streets that are paved with pure gold. They were looking for walls of jasper that were not made with the hands of human craftsmen, but they were crafted by God himself. Is anybody here tonight looking for a city? Can anybody see what I see through the eyes of faith tonight? I'm not just talking about things that you can touch with your hands or, or feel in your fingers. I'm talking about looking with the eyes of faith at things that you may not have experienced yet. Things that you may not understand right now. Places that God is taking you to that you don't know how you'll ever get there. But you know that God has promised you a city. You know that God has given you a promise. You know that God is preparing a place for you. You know that God is working all things together for good. You know that God can take what the enemy intended for evil and he can work it for your good. Anybody have faith tonight? Does anybody see what I see? Listen to me, Joseph. I know you're in a pit right now that your brothers put you in. But can you see what I see? Can you remember the dream that God gave you when your father gave you a coat of many colors? Can you remember what it felt like when God gave you a promise in the middle of the night? Joseph, I know Potiphar's wife is lying about you. I know that Potiphar threw you in prison. I know you feel like you're going to die in that dungeon. But do you see what I see with the eyes of faith? God is working all things together for good. God is about to turn it around. God is using this trial to turn your life into a triumph. God is positioning you for greatness. God is setting you up to save much people alive but you've got to see it with the eyes of faith and you've got to believe it before you feel it I said you've got to believe it before you feel it see we're living in a generation of feelings I want to feel something preacher give me goosebump preacher give me give me something that I can feel and you need to stop looking for a feeling. And you need to start getting into the word of God. If God says it, you don't have to feel it. You can take it to the bank. If God said it, you can stand on his word. It doesn't matter if you weep and cry. It doesn't matter if you get goosebumps on the back of your neck. If God said it, it's going to happen. Abraham, if he said that your seed is going to be greater than the sand on the seashore, then you can know that God is going to work things in your future. If he said it, you can believe it. If you see it with the eyes of faith. Abraham was able to believe in promises that he could only see through faith. Jacob was able to believe in promises of God that he never saw completely with human eyes, but he could see them through the eyes of faith. 
Joseph was able to endure trial and tribulation after tribulation even though he didn't see exactly what God was doing but God had given him a dream that he could see in his mind and he held on to that promise and it sustained him through the dungeon and it sustained him through the lie and it sustained him through the prison and he made it all the way to second in command in the land of Egypt he saved his own people he saved his own family I'm preaching to somebody tonight your family is on its way to hell and God is using you to save your family but you don't know how they talk about me preacher don't worry about it God gave you a dream God gave you a vision God gave you a promise God spoke to you in a prayer room go ahead and hang on to it Joseph because God is working it all together for your good but can you see it in the eyes of faith can you see that you're a stranger in this world can you see the city that God is preparing for you even now even though you live in this finite world you know you know instinctively if you have the Holy Ghost tonight you know deep in your bones that this world is not your home because you get an uneasy feeling especially when the world begins to move farther and farther away from God. You just don't feel at home anymore. You know why? Because God is preparing your real home for you right now just over in the glory land and he's preparing it and I want to encourage somebody tonight stop looking at the things of this world. The things of this world will grow strangely dim when you begin to turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his glorious face and you will begin to see what God has prepared for you. Why did these wise men see what others did not notice? We find the secret in how they responded to King Herod's questions. For thus it is written, Thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people. The wise men were able to see things that others could not see because they were students of the word of God. I want to help somebody tonight. You know why you're missing spiritual things? Do you know why you're missing revelations? Do you know why you're missing illumination? Do you know why you're missing blessings? Do you know why you're missing the things that God is trying to place in your life? Because it's right there in the word of God. All you've got to do is open up the book and God will begin to show you great and marvelous things. But preacher, I don't understand this and I don't understand that. Well, have you read the word? lately have you been studying the word of God because if you'll open up the book it is alive it is quick it is sharp it is powerful it is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway it will illuminate the dark corners of your life it will illuminate the confusion in your life God has not given you the spirit of confusion if you have a spirit of confusion in your life you need to open up the word of God God and it'll be just like turning on a lamp in a dark room 
all of the sudden everything will be illuminated. Uh, things that you could not see in the corners, uh, suddenly you'll be able to see them clearly. Uh, things that you used to trip over, suddenly you'll be stepping over them uh, because God will give you vision. Uh, God will give you illumination. God will give you revelation. Uh, but if your book is dusty, uh, if your Bible's sitting on the shelf, uh, if you haven't opened it in three months, uh, you will miss out. On the star that is shining brightly in the eastern sky. Open up the book and let God show you. These wise men traveled a long ways. and We hear it every Christmas season. And I'm always amazed by the fact that when they finally got to where Jesus was, they came to a place that was not a kingly environment. I'm sure that when they first saw the star and they read the prophecy, in their minds, they were going to be traveling to a palace in a faraway land. In their minds, I'm sure, they imagined that the star would lead them to a royal throne room where they would step into the presence of greatness. But instead, the star led them to a stable full of animals, a manger filled with hay, with a tiny baby born of a family and into a family that was not royalty. They were not wealthy. They were not impressive. In fact, the Bible tells us that Mary was extremely young and Joseph was a humble carpenter. And these wise men stepped into an environment that was not at all what you would expect to come into and see a king. But they did not hesitate. They did not have to wonder. They didn't call a committee together and say, I wonder if we missed the prophecy. I wonder if the star led us to the wrong place. Maybe this isn't the right star and maybe this isn't the right timing. No, something in their spirit responded when they came into the presence of Jesus. It did not matter that it was a humble stable. They recognized that this is the Messiah. This is the governor. This is the prince of peace. This is the one that has come. This is the fulfillment of old time prophecy. This is Jesus who will save his people. This is the one that the prophets were talking about. And the Bible says that they fell down and they began to worship him. I want you to know when you come into the presence of revelation and illumination you should always humble yourself in reverence and worship I think we need a revival of getting down on our knees in church I think we need a revival of people who are willing to bow down in the presence of God I think every once in a while we need to remember that he is the king of kings and the lord of lords and we ought to bend our knee in the presence of a royal God I think every once in a while we should be overcome with awe it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor it doesn't matter what your pedigree is you are in the presence tonight of the king of kings and some 
something ought to stir inside of you that says, I will humble myself in the presence of God. I will humble myself. And they presented unto him their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Let me just pause here. I do it every year and I make this little point, but I'm going to make it one more time. I believe that every time you come into the presence of God, you should come bearing a gift. It doesn't necessarily have to be financial, but if you can, you should. But if you have talents, you should dedicate them to God. You shouldn't just sit on a pew because you're tired. You should dedicate your talent to God. If you have things that you can give to God, if you have time, don't waste it on Hollywood. Give your time to God. If you have things, if you have resources, don't dedicate them to this world. Give them to God. Present unto him your best gifts. Whatever it is, you may not have gold, you may not have frankincense, you may not have myrrh. These were wealthy royal men. You may not have those resources, but you have something that you can give to God. And you ought to give it to him every time you can. Come into his presence. Bow down and say, Lord, it may only be a widow's might, but I'm giving it to you, Lord. And he looks at that widow's might with just as much love and just as much appreciation as he does the gifts that the wise men presented to him. Do you see what I see? Do you see? What I see. The Bible moves on after the birth. It wasn't much longer, and Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple, as was the Old Testament law. They took him to be circumcised, and they took him to be dedicated unto the Lord. And this was a very special time in the life of any young Jewish child. And they were simply being obedient to the law of Moses. And while they were there, there was a man by the name of Simeon who was a prophet. And there was a woman there by the name of Anna who was a prophetess. The Bible tells us that Anna was at least 91 years old, possibly older. Somehow, they had spent their entire lives looking for the Messiah. In fact, the Lord had promised Anna that she would not die until she saw the Messiah. And there they were in the temple. And let me just pause and tell you that you will miss out on things if you are not faithful to the house of God. There are, hello, there are things that you will never see if you are not faithful to the house of God. There are things that you will never experience if you are not faithful to the house of God. I don't know about you, but I want to be where God is moving. I don't know about you, but I want to be where God is blessing. I don't know about you, but I want to be where the favor of God is. I want to be in the middle of whatever God is doing. And I can tell you that God is moving in his house. And there they were. They were expecting the Messiah. They were hoping for the Messiah. They were believing that they would see the Messiah in their lifetime. Other people had given up hope. Other people were thinking the way we think about the rapture. Well, I've heard about it my whole life. 
That's how some of you think about the rapture. Every time pastor preaches about it, you say to yourself, not out loud, but in your mind, you say, well, I've heard it my whole life, and it still hasn't happened, so I probably won't see it in my lifetime. That's exactly how many Hebrews were in the days leading up to Jesus' birth. But it was not so with Simeon and Anna. They were waiting on the Messiah. They were looking for the Messiah. And they were in the house of God. Hoping to see him with their own eyes. When suddenly a humble carpenter named Joseph and his young wife named Mary stepped into the temple with a tiny little child named Jesus who had not performed one single miracle yet. But he had been introduced by angels. He had been designated by a star. He had been visited by wise men. Humble shepherds had bowed before him and these two prophets saw him coming into the house of God and they said surely this is the Messiah because they were in the house of God because they were righteous because they had been reading the book because they were faithful because they had hope in their heart when everybody else just saw a little baby and a carpenter and his wife they saw the Messiah there was no star in the east but they saw the Messiah there were no angels singing to designate that this is the one but they had the eyes of faith and they could see this baby is the one we've been praying for the Bible says in the Gospel of Luke that Anna had been a widow for 84 years. 84 years. She had only been married for seven years. And evidently her husband died. And she was a widow for 84 years and there she was and the Bible says that every day she went to the temple to pray and to worship God every single day of her widowed life she went into the house of God and said maybe today I'll get to see the Messiah. I wish somebody would get this kind of faith today. Some of you have been waiting for things. You ought to get up and say maybe today. It might have been 84 years. But maybe today is your day to see the promises of God fulfilled right here. Let's make it personal right here, right now. God can do the unexpected right here, right now. God can heal your body right here, right now. God can send an angel to your lost loved one right here, right now. God can turn your finances around right here, right now. 
God can mend your broken heart. Right here, right now, your miracle could step through the door. Right here, right now, a prodigal could walk through these doors. Right here, right now, the Messiah could begin to move. Right here, right now, you could see the answer. If anybody has the eyes of faith, I wish you'd clap your hands with all your might and shout unto God with all your might. Lift up your voice. Hey, do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Do you see a miracle? Do you see an answer? Do you see victory? Do you see deliverance? Do you see Jesus? Do you see angels? You may not see them, sir, but they're here. You may not feel them, ma'am, but they're here. The presence of God. Ha. Ah. Some of you are going to have to exercise your faith for just a moment. Your faith is like a muscle. If you don't exercise it, it's going to be weak and powerless. Some of you need to exercise. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. It's going to hurt tomorrow because you haven't used it in a while. Jesus is just as real in this service as he was to Simeon and Anna when Mary and Joseph walked in the doors of the temple. Jesus is here. I don't just mean emotionally. I don't just mean intellectually. I don't just mean in theory. I don't just mean in your mind. I mean that the Spirit of God is here in this building right now. The Comforter is here. The Deliverer is here. The Waymaker is here. The Savior is here. The Messiah is here. As Pastor said, He is God with us. And he is just as much with us right now as he was in that temple that day. He is here. He is here. John the Baptist looked up and saw Jesus. And he didn't say it quite this way, but he said, do you see what I see? Yeah, that's Jesus. No, no, no. Behold, ah, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus asked Peter, Peter, who do men say that I am? He said, they say a lot of things, Jesus, but who do you say that I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of of the living God. He was saying to the other disciples, hey guys, hey John, do you see what I see? That is the Christ. That's the Messiah. Two thieves were hanging on a cross. Everybody else just saw a crucified prophet. Everybody else just saw a dying man who said a lot of good things and healed a lot of people and did a lot of nice stuff. But two thieves were hanging beside Jesus and one just saw a dying man and the other one saw a Savior. Jesus. Jesus. 
He said to the other thief, he didn't say it quite this way, but essentially he said, don't you see what I see? This man is a king. He's a savior. He can make a difference. Will you take me with you, Jesus? Will you take me with you? And because he saw a king, Jesus allowed him to see heaven that very same day. As the musicians come, stand with me. Do you know what I see for Apostolic Tabernacle in 2017? It's going to take the eyes of faith. We've seen good revival. I, for one, am not content. As long as there is one soul lost, we are not finished yet. And so as I prayed today, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to my heart. And I stood up in my living room. And in the, my mind, I can't say I saw it physically, but in my mind, I saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. And God said, the rains of revival are coming. It's time to get moving. It's time to believe. It's time to see. Do you see what I see? I'm preaching to some people tonight who are struggling to see things. There are things that you've hoped for and prayed for. And even though there are signs around you, there are stars, God has given you his word. There are things that God is doing. You're struggling to see it. Your mind is clouded. Your eyes are clouded by doubt. Just stuff. There were many people who didn't see the star. Not because they were wicked or bad people. They were just busy. They were distracted. They just weren't thinking about it. They missed it. God's own people. It took angels for them to notice, but wise men from the east who weren't even Jewish saw it simply because the word was there. Sometimes you have to step back from your problem. Sometimes you have to step back from the familiar. Did you know you can get too familiar with miracles? You can get so familiar with the power of God that you miss it when it's trying to move. You can get so familiar with the blessings of God that you miss them. You can have so much manna from heaven that you start to hate manna. You can have so much good preaching that you start to hate good preaching. I'm helping somebody right now. You can have so many things and so much going on you miss what God is doing but I feel like God is troubling the waters tonight and I don't know what it is that you need I don't know what it is that you've been praying for for a long time but I feel like tonight is your night to come and see what God is about to do
I wonder if there's anybody here that has a prayer request. If you'd be willing to come and say, I feel like God's about to move. I feel like God is about to bring it to fruition. Would you come and lift up your faith as you lift up your hands? And let God show you some things in the spirit. God wants to speak to somebody tonight. God, God wants to show you he has a plan for your future. He has a plan for your life. He has his hand on your comings and your goings. He has his hand on your family, your neighborhood, your home, your heart. You may not can see it, but if you look up into the sky, you would see a star flickering. Oh, 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 oh.